Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona. If you haven't been out, it doesn't look like rain, but it sure is pretty. It's a little cooler out this morning. The skies are very clear and uh, just a great day out there. And we're live here from Sunny Slope with Shira on the phones and Susan on the on the news. <laughs> anyway, pretty morning out there. Welcome to the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. We could talk about the landscape, your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it, uh, where to grow it, if you have something different you're doing. And it's certainly a change in season starting to happen. The days are getting shorter. The temperatures are cooler. And our forecast says maybe rain still. We might even get up to normal. Who knows? But at any rate, it is a very pretty morning, and it's a good time to be outside. It's a great time to go hiking, a good day to see parts of Arizona, but you don't have as many hours to do it. It's a good day for the Wildcats, not so good for the Sun Devils, but, you know, and there's Devils always next week. At any rate, uh, really pretty morning, and if you've got an idea, a suggestion, something different for you doing at home, we would love to hear from you. There's certainly a lot of ways to th- do things, a lot of things to grow. We're here in a season now where it's transitional season. It's the perfect time if you you want to plant citrus trees or palms or desert trees, uh, you know, would probably hold off a couple more weeks on roses and, and you know, fruit trees like stone fruits and that thing. But uh, for vegetable gardens, it's the weekend to till the soil. You know, next week's probably about the best time to plant all those fun green things like broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, kale. Uh, you know, if you want to plant some turnips, if you want to grow some onions, if you want to grow some garlic. Uh, you know, then we still can keep the tomatoes and peppers going as well. Whatever your dreams, whatever your aspirations, whatever your ideas, give us a call. We start off with wide open phones. Yes, that's right. You don't have to wait for anybody else. Just give us a call. Call Shira at 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. And uh, it really is a pretty day out there today. And uh, it's the time. You know, it's the time if you're going to plant citrus, if you're going to plant, uh, you know, things like palms and mesquite and ironwood trees, uh, take advantage of the heat. Uh, they'll do better when they've got a little more warm weather to grow on. It's also the time to butcher and prune. If you haven't pruned back bougainvilleas and you plan on pruning them any time before the end of the year, this is really the time for you know bougainvilleas, Arizona yellow bells, all these tropical flowering plants that kind of like the heat. If you prune them now, you've still got about six weeks of heat for them you know, pop out and grow back and fill in and have the most beautiful blooms in the world in November, December, and January. If you prune them next month, uh, your chances of having much color aren't very good. And if you prune them in November, they're not going to look like anything till March. Okay, well, let's get to the phones here. Number to call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Bob and Tempe, good morning, Bob. Good morning. How are you this morning? Excellent, sir. Thank you for asking. Good. And you're right. It is a beautiful day. I'm outside now. But I am calling to give a shout-out to your people over at the store in Gilbert. I'd never been there and went there yesterday and was helped by a young man named Lucas, who just did an outstanding job. I went in with a certain problem, and he and, and a lady with red hair, whose name I do not remember, were wonderful and helped me out and sold me some Monterey disease control. 
and some other, a couple of other things. But uh, it was really a good experience, and they were wonderful, and I want you to know about that. Well, thank you, Bob. And, you know, we're very proud of Lucas. He's a young man, been with us for a while, and quite a personality. And and the gal yes. with the mane is Jennifer, and she's not only, she ah. has horses, too. Um, well, so she, they, she's, they, she's a fun person, and she does a great job. And um, yeah, they were they were wonderful, and I had a chance to see what a mule palm is. That you about so <laughs> it's it's a lot better than a burrow tail. Uh, yes, and one if I might, one other thing: you have goldfish over there, mm-hmm. and that reminded me of the pond that they had that Baker had over at Baker Nursery. Oh, Mr. And Baker might, was a good friend, yeah. Yes, he was wonderful. You might remember before that that nursery was called Wheat's Nursery. Well, Wheat's Nursery, Mr. Wheat was a friend yeah. of mine and uh, yeah. an architect and, you know, yeah. pretty prominent here in the Valley. You know, and then yeah. there was Norman's Nursery around town, and Mr. Barrage was a good friend of mine. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, well... It was wonderful to see the goldfish there and, and floating around. It brought back some fond memories for me. Well, Bob, thanks for coming in and seeing us. Okay, thank you. I hope you have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Barbara and Surprise. Good morning, Barbara. Hi. Can you Hi. hear me? Very clearly. Okay, so I have some petite oleanders, and they're suddenly dying, and I don't know if it's a lack of water or a bug. I've had two different opinions. Is there some way to tell? Well, a lack of water. I mean, if they get much water at all, they're pretty hardy. How long have they been planted? How old are they, Barbara? They're really old, like 20 years. So I can't believe it's lack of water because there's plenty of other plants, you know, that it could get water from. Mm-hmm. But how could I tell if it was a bug? Well, and it's I- not a bug. It's a virus. If, a virus. And rather. it's okay. scorch. Okay. And scorch is spread <laughs> by an insect. And it's a virus that's spread from plant to plant. It's also spread by uh, pruning them. So if you get one sick or one sick in a neighborhood or you have somebody that's out cutting down oleander hedges and they're cutting down old sick ones and they come to your house and they haven't cleaned their tools, they can cut yours and then infect them. Um, well, that happened, and none of the other ones in my neighborhood look like they're dying. You're special, huh? Yeah, I'm very special. <laughs> well, aren't we all? But at any rate... Um, is there is the other the other the third choice though is could be chemical related, so if you use a herbicide um, no, to control weeds no. at all, some of the no. herbicides can cause oh 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 there was somebody who sprayed probably well, no. a product. There's a product called Ortho Ground Clear that comes in a big brown bottle, like a gallon jug. Usually they haven't been big sprayed box stores. Well, th- th- this this last right. okay, this wouldn't show up until the summer, and oh. it could have been sprayed as long ago as January. And it lasts for over a year. The good part, if that was actually the problem, though, is they'll come back. So if they're if they're stunted mainly on all the growth on the ends and they just kind of quit growing, you know, and and the tips just all stopped and they're just burnt on the ends, that's typically what you'd see from a chemical burn. If you have whole limbs dying out separately in some plants, that's what you would see from a virus. And that's I don't. That's what I have. It's all all the way down to the bottom. Okay, on separate branches, and some of the branches look good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then that, that's a virus, and there's no cure. I can't spray it with anything. You can spray it with Roundup and kill it all the way. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, really, you can, there's not. There's no cure for the virus. Okay. The the scorch that gets in oleanders is, is once it's in the plant, it's 100 percent lethal. It doesn't mean it's going to die right away. There's things you can do if you fertilize it and push it along. It might do better for a little while, but it uh, it's not going to survive in the long run. 
That is not good because my HOA tells me how many plants I have to have in every part of my yard. They didn't say they had to be alive, did they? <laughs> they didn't. I don't think they're going to like a black bush sitting there. <laughs> I don't think so either. Uh, you're going to find have to find a new favorite shrub, Barbara. Okay, what's a good one that doesn't take a lot of water and it'll grow fast? Well, sages, Arizona yellow bells, bougainvilleas, all those do very well. Okay, so fertilizers won't help. I just have to let it die. But but why isn't the virus going to the other people's plants? I told you you were special. I know. <laughs> it 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 doesn't go. It doesn't. It's not a problem for other plants. It's specific to oleanders. It affects oh. a lot of different oleanders, but it does affect you know the pink, the dwarf pinks, the petite pinks, yep. and salmons. And it, uh, but, but every neighbor has them. That's what they use. Well, you, you, you would be doing your neighborhood well if you would remove them. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Bye-bye. Barbara. Bye-bye. Uh, Sandy and Maricopa. Morning, Sandy. Good morning. Um, I have an irrigation question. I have two pistachios you guys planted a few years ago. They are now going, like, to the top of the roof. They've been on the same water line as my citrus, which remain quite a bit smaller. Do I need to switch them to a different irrigation method or do the drip overnight thing? Or Well, you know, really the, 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 the schedule, the cycle part, you know, is, is very similar. Um, so that part's fine. Uh, they might want to get more water when you're watering. When you're, you're watering now, you're watering with the drip system. How long do you run it for and how often? Um, two and a half hours every week. And they, they're very healthy. They're well, that's, and they, that, that's kind of ideal as long as you have big enough emitters to put water around yeah. deep enough. Yeah, they have they have three around each one. Mm-hmm. So I just They're getting quite large now, so I was wondering if they need additional water more than the citrus has been getting. Well, they need actually less. They're, you know, they're more drought tolerant than citrus is. Um, oh, okay. With their size, though, I mean, they, they might need more volume of water, but certainly no more frequently than once a week. And they, they would be okay. fine, you know, in the wintertime once every couple weeks, as will your citrus okay. once it cools off. I mean, you can go to, you can go to every two yeah. weeks in mid-October and be fine yeah. for both. And uh, I, I, do have, I do have to thank you very much for telling me about the water deeper, less often. Everything looks fantastic. Well, and you save water and the plants are healthier. We'd get rid of the salts. I mean, it's... You know, and I, yeah. I learned that from a fellow named Gary Lovejoy, who uh, was a Salt River Project crop analysis person. And they used to, the Salt River Project used to fund Gary to go around and, and deal with farmers and show us how to irrigate. You know, he would go out in different fields and show us how to use tensionometers and test the soil so that we don't overwater. So we maximize our growth, whether it be in a cotton field or in your citrus tree. And, uh, yeah. you know, those basic yeah. techniques I've, I've liked to share because, uh, you know, they just really do work and they help and they, and they also save us a lot of water. Right. No, I went down a whole tier in my water bill, so. That's a good thing. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but you have to put it on, but just not so often. Yeah. Well, Sandy, yeah. thanks okay. for the call and, and I'm glad you're enjoying your trees. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have a line open. The number to call is 602-277-5827-277-KTAR.
Like our, uh, we have one line available. Number to call 602 277 5827. It's Brian and Shear here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTR. Take our next caller. Looks like uh, Steve in Mesa. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing real good. I've got a couple of things I wanted to run by you. About a year ago, we put a uh, Climbing rose in, in the side of our yard. Um, it's kind of out in out in the open. We got about ten, twelve foot of uh, pavers off of the the um, uh, west wall, and uh, about halfway between our south wall and the house, we put this uh, climbing rose in the edge of the grass. And I've got a trellis and whatnot, and this thing is taken off. Um, it's got good growth on it. We've gotten some really nice rose flowers out of it. But uh, I guess our issue is knowing exactly what to trim back and prune. We've got a number of of arms. They're uh, 10, 12 foot long that are about a quarter inch. And then we've got some that are almost an inch around. And so really, Steve, it's going to be a matter of how you want to maintain it. And there's a lot of ways to maintaining climbing roses. Is this one that has like a yellow or white flower in the spring, like a Banks rose? Or does it have like a pink flower? What kind of, what kind of yeah, it's a, they're pink flowers. Okay. And the thing is, we didn't know. I, I would guess like a lot of plants, they've got suckers. Mm-hmm. We didn't know if we should be just trimming them all or or if there's a way to identify the suckers. Well, it, it's those, kind of different, Steve. They come right out of the ground at, mm-hmm. at like, you know, I mean, they're right there at the base, and they come up. They're 12 foot tall, about an inch round. And then there's other ones that are only a quarter, and they go up. And those are the ones that are flowering. The big ones aren't flowering. So what that is, Steve, it's a grafted rose. So the big ones, uh-huh. the ones that are coming up from the rootstock, those are the, the, the ground, those are the rootstock. Okay, you're, you're uh-huh. right. It's kind of like if you had a citrus tree with suckers coming out, and those won't produce yeah. the same flowers. They'll have like a red flower. That's what the rootstock has been grafted to. So if you want to have the nice flowers, all those big, vigorous ones you have coming from the ground, you need to prune off. Okay. Okay. And if you'll do that, what'll happen, the rest of it will grow much faster than it's been growing. And it's a good time of year to prune those off. If you'll prune those off right now, it'll grow a lot the next couple months. And uh, you'll also enjoy a lot of blooms. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Uh, The other one uh, that I had was uh, I've got a gojo or a goji berry Mm -hmm. plant. And I I transferred out of the pot about six, eight months ago just there springtime, I guess. 
uh, into a, a half wine barrel. And uh, this thing's been with me now about three years. And it kind of, it's been stressed a few times and whatnot, and I water it. But I've never gotten any berries, and I didn't know if that was a normal thing or... No, they usually are going to flower and fruit pretty young. Are you keeping it? Does it have any sun? Are you keeping it in the shade in the patio? No, it's uh, it's kind of under the eve of the patio, but it gets afternoon sun during the day. Does it? It, it should bloom. Um, let it get a little dry between waterings. You might try feeding it with a little bit of uh, fertilizer. It's going to be higher in phosphorus, so that would be like super bloom would be real good. Um, even Miracle Grow is okay. pretty good, you know, but something that's higher in phosphorus and let it get drier uh-huh. in between waterings. But as long as it's getting three or four hours a day sun, it should fruit. And add that how often? Every quarter or so? Well, if you're going to use those water solubles, yeah, probably once every six weeks or so. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your uh, your input and your knowledge. It's, well, thanks uh, for really being nice part of the program, Steve, and have a nice Sunday. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, Jenny in Avondale. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning. Lord's blessings. Beautiful morning. And I like that song that you played uh, about the morning. Morning is broken, and it's a beautiful morning. I was out, got up at 4 o'clock and got right out there. (laughs) Watered some plants. What I want to talk about is I heard on the KTAR News that they are kind of restricting the water uh, use over there. And I, I'm having a big feeling that it's going to get a little little bad for people if they don't start uh, getting pails underneath their eaves and a little uh, coat or something to uh, get this rainwater. That's what I'm watering my cactus with. I lost some cactuses summer because the sun got them. So I planted some over uh, underneath some uh, seed trees over there. And stupid seed trees come up all over the yard. So I just pull them up while they're tiny. But anyway, uh, I'm encouraging people to please save your rainwater if you can because our plants don't need all that salt water on the plants. Well, you know, Jenny, that's it's absolutely true. You know, and the water, water quality of water that we get from rain is fantastic. I have a cousin, Joe, who lives down in Sarita down by Tucson. Now, this year they've had a phenomenal amount of rain. But he's got a collection system set up on his house and his garage and his different things. And their well at their house only puts out two gallons of, hour, two gallons of uh, water an hour. So, uh, or, you know... Not very much water at all, but he collects tens of thousands of gallons of rain. And here around our homes, you know, putting on rain gutters and capturing the water and doing rain storage, the water quality is fantastic. And managing our water has always been important here. But we're just reminded nowadays, as we've got a lot more people and, uh, you know, reduced amounts of water, that it's really important and it's critical how we do it. But, Jenny, thanks for the call and have a nice Sunday. Well, Lord bless you, and I really, really enjoy your show. Pray for our country. We're losing it, so well, give, it, give the Lord a little prayer. You know what? Thank you, you know and what? God bless you. You know what, Jenny? Bye-bye. I appreciate your thoughts very much, and uh, and I believe with you. You know, when we work together, though, we can, we can fix a lot of problems. Uh, next up, we've got Chris in Queen Creek. Good morning, Chris. 
Good morning. I have uh, three pruning questions. I, first two are, I have, this is all on the north side of my house, full sun for the, I have some dwarf myrtles and regal mist. Can I trim those back a little bit now or no? Um, absolutely. Um, especially the regal mist. The regal mist, you're going to be way ahead by pruning it back pretty heavy right now, and they'll have enough time to okay. grow out and get a full plant again by the end of the growth season. The myrtles grow a little longer in the winter, but uh, you can cut myrtles back, you know, dwarf myrtles as hard as you want to now, and then they'll come back out. Now, the right, trick um, is with I'll those go. myrtles, if you want them to come back faster, depending on how big they're, what you want to do, if you don't prune the, all, the whole plant at one time, if you're going to cut them way back, like to the ground and take the foliage all the way off the plant, if you'll leave one side or one branch up tall and prune the other side back very heavily and then wait about two weeks till the lower, other portion buds back out, then you can cut the other side off and the plant will balance faster. Okay. Uh, last one is I have two kumquat trees on my front porch potted. Um, I want to trim about two branches off of each one. Can I do that now or should I wait? No, prune them now. I mean, their growth season is going to be about the next six weeks and it's over. So you can prune them for shape anytime on citrus. The only thing with citrus is you have to make sure you protect the trunk from the sun. So as long as it's got enough foliage to protect itself. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's good. You're You're good. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. Well, that leaves us with uh, four lines open. You know, here we have five lines, though, so that means we get to talk to Jeff first. So if you want to be up after Jeff, give us a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. I had a question for you about turf grass, uh, and, I don't, and I have a you know, some turf grass that uh, is hybrid Bermuda, and it is got some starting to get some dead spots in it that are expanding. And I looked for pearl scale and didn't see any, but I didn't know uh, if there's any ideas on what to do with that. Well, the other the other problem that usually creates you know dieback and sp- spots like that is fungus. And uh, okay. we have had more rain and different kind of weather. Are you going to plant a winter lawn? I am. Yes. Okay. So then I wouldn't be overly concerned with it this year. Um, but okay. what I would do is I would uh, and I hold off a little while to plant the winter lawn. would be healthier for the Bermuda grass. But what I would do then is I would kill the rye grass next year in April and, and aerate your lawn. Okay, and then probably hit it pretty heavy with some gypsum at the same time. And uh, that way your Bermuda grass, when it's coming back in the spring, will have every opportunity to grow and fill in. And it'll come back a lot nicer um, than if you, you know, just let that ryegrass go all the way until June. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate the help. Bye-bye. Well, it looks like it's time for the news. While we're gone, we do have some lines open. You can give sure a call at 602-277-5827. But we've got Susan Monday in the booth. She's live. She's ready. And we're going to find out what's happening in the world this morning on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here at 92.3 FM KTAR. She sings the six o'clock alarm would never ring. What's it ring? And I rise, wipe the sleep out of my eyes. My shaven razor's cold. 
Welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, where we do have some lines available. Shira, Shira back here smiling with uh, little monkey's music for you. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Next up, we've got Robert North Phoenix. Good morning, Robert. Hey, good morning. That was perfect timing. I was just looking at the uh, monkey's GTO, mm-hmm. and, that, and your tune came on ter- terrific. Hey, <laughs> my lenity. Yeah, it was great timing. Crazy. Hey, uh, my lemon tree, you gave me some advice uh, a little bit back. Uh, a few months back, I had given a little bit of fertilizer. I had a new uh, developing lemon tree. So I gave it a quarter cup. And then, okay, this past Labor Day, uh, as further further feedings, I gave it that, like, uh, it's a small tree, so I gave it, like, a half a cup of fertilizer around the face. Now, I've noticed uh, that the leaves have begun, even with the rain, even with the waterhead. I've had a little bit of... Uh, a leaf curl going on. Now, I don't know if it's from uh, uh, insect. There's a couple lines on some of the leaves, a couple lines got some shoe on them. But otherwise, some of them are starting to twist and curl on the end on a few branches. Something I should be uh, on the lookout for. It's about a Robert, they're, twist, they're twisting and shouting. What it is, it's caused by a little insect called thrip. And if you take a piece of white okay. paper and slap the end of the branch on it, you'll see these tiny yep. little golden flecks that are walking around on your paper. But we really don't do okay. much for them. They have some great predators here. Uh, the little lace wings, if you've ever seen little green dragonflies around at night. Um, or okay. you can touch your trees. They'll be out in the daytime. And uh, and there's also some pirate bugs and other things that like to feed on the thrip. So, you know, like he we grow our, our citrus organic in our orchards, and so we don't spray at all for the thrip. You know, only the very only one time a year with spinosad. You know, in the, in the spring to cover to keep the fruit from scarring. But aside from that, we let the thrips and the predators and everything balance out, and they will. You might have more curled leaves. The other things you're seeing inside the the leaf is a leaf miner, and and they'll occur too. But they're not going to build up a population so much as to really do long term damage to the tree. Very good, very good. Okay, and how about adding anything through this whole period? I got to throw my coffee grounds in. Do you have any, any of the, like, uh, 
Oh, like the chicken waste fertilizer. Well, chicken fertilizer is great. You know, for, for what we fertilize our groves with, is it, that's our main source of nitrogen fertilizer, chicken manure. Uh, because we're certified organic, that's what we have to use. Something with that or fish emulsion, you know, or some other organic foam. You could use like bone mill, blood mill, those kinds of things too. But chicken manure is great and uh, moderation's the key. It doesn't need a tremendous amount. It's a big difference if you're going to get like your neighbor's coop chicken manure or if you buy like the pelletized stuff that we have from Hickman's. Um, you're going to get a lot right. more kick out of the fresh stuff. So you have to be careful if you're getting it fresh from a coop not to put too much on. But it's, you know, it's it's pretty much all we use is chicken manure. That's our main, other than we do add some, you know, Epsom salt and things like that because we need those and iron and different things. But, you know, our main basis of nitrogen is chicken manure. Okay. And do I need to worry, should I mix anything into the top to keep that, like, that, the ground cover? Now, the branches come down. They cover the trunk well enough. Mm-hmm. Anything that I need, any kind of mulch should I put on over the top of that, the, over the, you know, within that, you know, three-foot radius over over the dirt? Yeah, you can, you can mulch it if you want like to, that. Robert. You know what happens with our groves is the old leaves drop, and they kind of form that mulch area in there. But um, you can, okay. you, if you want to put some mulch in around there, that's fine. The key is to let them get dry between waterings, let them have some fertilizer, and lemon trees, it's going to get big anyway. They're going to grow fast. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Have a nice weekend. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Rita and Mesa. Good morning, Rita. Hi, Brian. I have two questions. <clears throat> One is, what happened to the podcast? I love listening to your show. I don't get to hear it all on Sunday, the whole thing. So I like listening to the podcast, and it hasn't been on since early August. Real well, well Shira, we Shira is smiling at me right now. Uh, you you can talk, Shira. You can talk on the air. That's okay. Shira's going to tell us what's going to happen. Um, yes, we were having a bit of a problems with that, but I think we figured it out now and it should be good in the next hour or so. Wow. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Rita, boy, do you get My results. Second. I'll tell you what, you're pretty amazing. I do. That was fast. <laughs> How's your, uh, how's your morning, is, Rita? We're looking to get uh, to buy a fruitless olive. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the window of a great time to plant it? You know, now is ideal. I mean, it couldn't be any better. But truthfully, a fruitless olive in a container you could plant year round. But you know, because they, because they like the heat, and uh, because we've got about six weeks of growing season, if you plant one now, you're going to get more root growth, you know, and a bigger, happier tree than if you hold off and wait. You know, so if you plant in the winter, it's going to be pretty dormant. But if you plant it now, it's going to root and grow more. So for an olive tree, it's kind of like a citrus tree. It'd be better planted with some heat, and now's a great time. All right. Well, we'll be down to the store to get one. All righty. Thanks, Rita. Hey, and thanks for well, fixing thank our you. podcast thing for us. Boy, you, you get results. Yeah. And thanks, Shira, for me. Oh, Shira's the one that's going to fix it. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that part. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> well, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, that leaves us with wide open phones, and Shira's back here smiling after Rita called her. Uh, give us a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. Talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it, why to grow it, where to grow it. 
And if you got something different, you know, you're doing at home, we'd all love to hear from you. There's certainly a lot of different styles, different ways to do things. You know, and there's a lot, uh, you know, of, of issues with our water now. I mean, we're, we're definitely going to be reduced some. And um, so this might be the year you don't want to plant your winter lawn. You know, if you want to really save on some water for the winter months, Bermuda grass uses very little water in the in the winter time. Might be the year that we forego planting a winter lawn. And if you want to do that, now would be a great time to, number one, fertilize it. Okay, so if you fertilize it right now, you're going to get really nice growth, keep a really healthy Bermuda grass lawn, you know, going into the winter. And then in the next couple of weeks, you want to put down some pre-emergent. And if you put down pre-emergent this time of year, that'll stop all your winter weeds from coming in. So you have a healthier, prettier, easier to care for lawn. If you'll put down, a you know, fertilize right now, wait a week or so, put down a pre-emergent and voila, you'll have a beautiful green lawn. And here in the valley, you know, we really, uh, our Bermuda grass doesn't turn brown until it freezes. So if you plant a Bermuda grass lawn and you put it in sod or or put it in from seed, however you establish it, have a nice healthy lawn, you would expect for it this time of year to stay green and actively growing, you know, as long as the daytime temperature is in the 80s, okay? And then it's not going to stop growing until the nighttime temperature gets below the 40s and it's not going to turn brown unless we have a freeze. So, you know, that being said, you can keep a Bermuda grass lawn, you know, healthy, lush, good to play on. If it does freeze, you can paint it with lawn paint, which works very well and will last for two months. And you can cut the water back and your water use dramatically back. And uh, it's not that you still won't have a good, fun lawn to play on. It'll just be not quite as lush as that rye. Anyway, Mike and Surprise, good morning. Good morning, Brian. How are you today? Wonderful, Mike. Thank you. Hey, Brian, I'm, I'm going to be coming down to get a peach tree from you, and I, I've done real well with some citrus in the yard. Um, you, I heard you say earlier, stone fruits, uh, probably two more weeks before you would plant and buy one? It would it'd be better. It'd be better. Okay. And does that need full sun? Peaches are going to need, well, sun? they're going to need at least four or five hours a day sun. So they can be okay. planted on the east side of a wall is fine, but they're not going to you know, want to be planted with, underneath a big tree or something. Okay. All right. Fantastic. I just wanted to verify that. And make Appreciate sure, it. Mike, when you're getting uh, stone fruits, you get low chill. So you want to look for like 300 hours or less on the chill factor. That's the main thing. I'm looking at the Red Baron. What do you think on that one? Uh, you know, it, it's such a pretty tree when it flowers. I mean, it does, it's not as prolific as, as uh, you know, like a Desert Gold might be or Florida Prince. But, boy, the, the flavor's good. And, and the tree's beautiful when it blooms. Okay. Is that, how about the chill on that one? Oh, it's low chill. It's fine. It'll do it'll do wonderfully here. Low chill. Okay. All right. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Mike. My wife. Uh, we're going to take a short break while we're gone. We do have three lines available. A number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Oh 
bumper style. Piratical nerve, and he fought Billy in style. Sunday morning here on Sunny Slope, and really the skies couldn't be any prettier. Uh, we'll get right to the phones. John in Sun City, morning. Oh, you know what, John? Well, good morning, John. Okay, good morning to you, too. Um, my question is about a, a tree well I've got where there used to be an orange tree cut off with the ground, so it's about a 15-foot diameter tree well. I want to turn it into a, a pollinator garden. Okay. And I, I've got a list of about eight different plants from the uh, water use of wisely people for mm-hmm. pollinator plants. So my question is, is there any reason I can't do that, you know, because there was an orange tree? Absolutely not. Any- you know, John, and, you know, along those lines, we're going to plant some lavenders and rosemaries and different things in our grove. And, you know, what we've always kind of done to keep our, our good guys around is, you know, in their crops, some watermelons and different things that are, you know, the coyotes eat most of them. But, you know, it's uh, okay. it's good. That biodiversity and a, and a pollinator garden just wonderful for the neighborhood and, and you. And, it, you know, you get all these other beneficial insects in there that uh, are the predators eat the bad guys. So biodiversity is a wonderful thing. And that's a perfect size garden to play with. And the more species you mix in there and, you know, let it grow up a little weedy, it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, they do benefit, you know, our community very much. So nothing really special to do, just, you know, dig as well as I can and, and plant them. And yeah, yeah, depending on what kind of things you're going to plant. But, you know, if you had that, like, sure. 10-foot well on a bubbler that has, you know, been set up that way historically, uh, that'll be fine. Out in Sun City, you have heavy clay soil. So if you want to mend the whole thing a little bit, throw a little compost in there and turn it all over, <laughs> maybe even a little bit of gypsum, you know, just to help that whole thing when it floods, you know, drain well. And uh, yeah. then you could set up that nice garden in there. You can, you know structure your plants to get different heights and forms and uh, right. and you can have a beautiful garden there with all kinds of flowers and different things you could mix in some annuals if you want to where you have sunflowers at different times of years as the big main plant you know and keep some perennials in there like rosemary would be a good perennial to keep in there and so there's a lot of fun things to do all right well i'm gonna get on it then thank you so much for the uh, advice i appreciate it thanks john bye-bye <laughs> Well, I forgot to invite everybody out to the nursery, so we'll do it now. You know, Whitfield Nursery, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents here back in the 40s and continuing today for five generations. Well, four generations. We're going to have a fifth generation one of these days. Four generations. But, you know, we grow a lot of trees right here in Arizona, folks. Uh, all kinds. We specialize in citrus. We have beautiful, uh, like Swan Hill fruitless olives. We have great shade trees like ash, pistachios, and elms. Beautiful desert trees. Ironwoods, mesquites, Palo Verdes, Palo Breas, All kinds of palm trees. I think we're Arizona's largest, you know, palm tree grower that grows palm trees to sell. Uh, we grow date palms. We have Mexican blues, Mexican fans. We have, you know, just a wide variety. If you want tropical, we have the mule palms. But come out and see us. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, modern, and insured. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south at the Sky Harbor Airport. And Monday through Saturdays, you can go to our big tree farm in Stanfield. They have trees, not shrubs, but a lot of palms. And they're on Stanfield Road, about a half mile south of Interstate 8. Woodfield Nursery for four generations. We've been growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Now we'll get back to Susan and Gilbert. Good morning, Susan. Hi. I have two questions. Um, one is, our Cape honeysuckles are looking awful. Mm-hmm. They did great, you know, through the monsoons and had blooms, and we had trimmed them back 
uh, way back. I think it was in uh, like February, March. Anyway, but what's out now looks very sad and scorched. And do I just need to keep fertilizing them? Uh, you, know, you can, pr- you can prune them back a little now if you want to. Uh, but uh-huh. don't cut them back so far that there's no foliage. Uh, now's a great time to fertilize them. Uh, in Gilbert, we want to deep water, and we don't want to keep them soaking wet all the time. You know, the days are getting shorter, right. so they don't really take as much water. A little bit of gypsum, or if you wanted to put some vinegar on them, or if you wanted to put a product called alkaliche, something to make the soil a little bit more acidic would help right now. And fertilizer's a good thing. And I think you'll find that they'll start to really recover here. You know, as the night times cool down, the plants get a chance to rest with things like Cape Honeysuckle, and they'll start to flourish and come back. So make sure they've got a little something to grow on, a little fertilizer, and uh, don't keep them too wet. If they're older Cape Honeysuckles, watering them about once a week's ideal, and they should pop yeah, right out. Yeah, that's about what I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my second question is, we have, we, I want to grow something that'll be kind of cover up a fence. And the problem is it's not going to get a whole lot of sun. Like, it's pretty much north-facing, a little bit east-facing. It's not directly north. Um, so, like, right now, when the sun is a little bit lower in the horizon and it's going to keep getting lower, it's going to get mostly shade. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit of afternoon sun as the sun is going down, but not a whole lot because then we have some huge eucalyptus trees that would shade that from the afternoon sun you know this coming time of year in the summer it would get more sun how far away from how far away is it a fence or a wall it's a wall it's a brick wall so what we've done at our home and it takes a while to get it going is, is grow creeping fig vine Ficus repens, okay, and it'll grow up and it'll cover the you know they'll cover the the wall and makes it green, and like at our home we have it on the north side of the wall, and it's it's fairly shaded, but you know because it does get a lot more sun in the summer and because the days are longer it grows fastest in the summer, and now ours is up where it's probably two foot over the wall and we just kind of keep it trimmed back as a hedge. And it makes a beautiful, really hardy uh, hedge, you know, on that wall. But it doesn't, okay. this isn't something that happens fast with creeping fig. You know, you plant creeping fig. You can plant it right now, or you could plant it, you know, pretty much any time of the year. But it's going to do most of its growing in the spring and the summer when the days are longer and after it's rooted and established. Okay. So planting it. Within the next maybe six weeks, it's still okay. Oh, you can you can, yeah, you, you can, you can plant at any time. Yeah, it's going to be fine. But it, uh, like I say, it's going to take the heat for it to grow. It's you know more of a tropical plant. But boy, once it's grown in, it's just magnificent, and it's very easy to care for. And uh, it's a it's a great fix for one of those locations that you know might get pretty hot in the summertime, but you know also so shady in the winter has no sun. And what's nice, it'll stay full to the ground. So it'll stay full all the way down. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Susan. Bye-bye. Uh, Terry and Mesa. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. I have two questions as well, and these uh, are regarding my cypress. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a really bad storm here in Mesa. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my cypresses, they're like six years old. They're like 20 feet, 25 feet. Uh-huh. And uh, one of them fell. And the, the root ball was still in the ground, so it just just fell, but everything was still in the ground. So my husband and I were able to prop it back up, and we tied it back up. And I just wanted to see, number one, if I should do anything with the soil to try to 
hopefully keep it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unusual for them to come out if they've been in for 60. Normally, cypress root pretty well. But I, I would stake it, support it, tie it, maybe shear the sides of them back, take some of the weight off. And okay. uh, and then if, when the root ball broke, did they have longer roots that came out or just a tiny root ball? So I didn't even see any roots. Okay. I couldn't even see any roots. So, but it didn't come out of the ground. The plant just leaned over all the way to the ground or the... Yes. Okay. Correct. So that's mm-hmm. just the plant itself. So I would shear the plant back and stake it and, and try to get it okay. moving more. You know, we, you know, when we have a wind 60, 70 miles an hour, it causes yeah. a lot of things to happen. But, you know, not normally to cypress. Are these cypress um, spaced out pretty far where it's out on its own? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that should be a you know fairly strong plant. So you know staking it up, so it's going to you know be a cypress again. Shearing it back, taking the weight off, and loosening up the stakes as soon as we can, like in the spring, uh, is going to be you know beneficial for it, so that it can start moving and build some more. You don't want it to be like stake rigid to a big stake for a long time, and it gets like atrophied. So it's the cells and tissue; it's got to move back and forth. It's got to exercise some. So you know you don't want it staked rigid for a long time, but you probably need it that way for a while in the meantime shear it back this fall and take some of the weight off oh good thank you so that's the first question the second question cypress again i'm in a wind tunnel i'm like on a golf course and you know the dust and all that i think they have i'm sure they've get they've had spider mites i think they're called that's every Um, every every cypress in arizona has spider mites but especially bad in phoenix yeah and you know some i think what what happens is you know some of the uh the branches you know start drooping mm-hmm. and i'm i was told that that's a sign of spider mites but i'm not sure what to do about them well don't grow cypress cut- <laughs> me? i said don't, don't grow, grow cypress <laughs> well, but if you want to grow cypress here what you need to do terry is you need to hose them off on a regular basis and and wash okay. away the spider mites okay you don't want to plant them where they're like in a row touching each other you know they need space okay. if they get more airflow they won't have as many mites and you can treat them with miticides so there are sprays that you can put on them but the the most important thing is to hose them off periodically and wash the mites off them. And when they're leaning over, I mean, if, if well, if not, dead, you could actually you go back and prune those and then stake them if you need to, or you can okay. wire the outside of them, and they just take maintenance. But uh, you know, that's just part of the problem. The growing cypress here, and they, they do a lot better in Vegas or Tucson. Have a nice day. We're gonna have to say uh, it's news time here. Looks like we've got Susan Monday sneaking in the studio. We'll be right back after the news with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, you can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827.